Ladies and gentlemen, and low lives. And we're back for another episode of Meatball Thoughts. We've got John here, myself, Tomas, and a very special guest, uh, Stephanie Dickinson. I think I pronounced that correctly. You did. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Uh, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Certainly a wealth of knowledge in the Toronto food scene that um, I think you and I, John, are, are both striving towards for ourselves. Yeah. So it's always yeah. nice to have someone here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm somebody that's really kind of disconnected from the Toronto food scene, having been only just uh, uh, moving, well, only just moving back recently to Toronto in the past uh, year and a half. So uh, yeah, I definitely use your blog all the time to learn about all these niche places because the places you cover are not like, this is not the, uh, the uh, Toronto life scoop of like the top 10 most famous restaurants. You really go into it and uh, there's so many cool places well, that are just starting. And, uh, and yours being an example of that. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah, yours is a, a recent discovery, yeah. of course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that there's tons more like you where mm -hmm. it's you know Instagram only DMs. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. website, just. And there's not a lot of platforms that are, there's not a lot of media sources that are, uh, covering that. It's great that you know we can operate as businesses through Instagram. We don't need the media sources. We don't need you know magazines or or radio shows to to be covering us because we have Instagram now, but um, it's super cool that that you cover that and you, you make a point of, you know, engaging those people that are... So, I mean, I, I think uh, inherently everyone would like to know, you know, what, what drew you to food? I mean, certainly there's, you know, there's elements for John. It was more of a technical aspect of, like, I know these knives, now I want to be able to use them and understand them for myself it's always been a transfer of love and appreciation for an ingredient or somebody who's sitting down but what what was it that brought you into food uh, I was always fascinated with um, anything kind of outside of my realm mm. in Toronto like anything quote-unquote exotic even American food like American diners automats mm -hmm. things like that which yeah. nobody knew about or was talking about unless they were 50 years old so <laughs> yeah. I, I had like a very specific um love of anything outside of like mcdonald's um so as i got older i started um going to classes i had a catering company on my own when i was 17. Um, when you say classes are you talking about cooking classes yeah, and okay. then like cooking history classes and things Whoa. like that. Mm. So um, I, I thought I wanted to be a chef and open a restaurant at some point. And then um, I but kind of fell into the writing side through, um, I was doing, I was a book critic and I was a music critic. And then um, because of my passion and my knowledge of food, I became a restaurant critic for Metro newspapers. Very cool. Oh, I was right. the only Toronto one. Um, that's what I was like, I know I've seen your name before, and I can't, I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great, yes, yes. So uh, I did that, and then I was the restaurant critic for Dine.to, which was around mm -hmm. for a long time, and then I became the editor, and then I was basically for over a decade... Uh, dining out six nights a week and then writing about it. Wow, that's that's the dream. That's like what, that's what we talk about. Is it the dream? I know, what, you're, what like, like? you're like, I could be a chef or 
You know what? I could just have them all cooked for me. Yes. It's... <laughs> is it is it that luxurious? Is it that uh, um, easy? It, There's no way. It is. I mean, mm. they always say, you know, do what you love and it won't be work. And mm. that's mostly true. When I became a critic, it was a boon of um, tasting menus. Mm. And so it was a time of like seven to ten courses. Mm-hmm. And so doing that back-to-back every night with pairings... could be exhausting, right? Yeah, I mean, not just, like, physically, but my palate, you know. Yeah. Um, and also trying to write about, uh, let's say, r- roast lamb for the seventh time in two yeah. weeks. Or <laughs> there was when Neapolitan yeah. pizzas came out in Toronto, everyone yeah. was opening up yeah. and trying to describe a margarita pizza for the 50th time was, you know taxing in some ways but also you know amazing um so i've pretty much eaten at you know most of the established long time places so then so then i definitely cooked you probably dinner and breakfast because we were chat we were chatting about you know i work at white lily diner and uh you're an eastender um just like myself and but i also used to work at edgeless i imagine imagine i i cooked you dinner in that first year at edgeless Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. went probably the third or fourth week. That's usually oh, yeah. when I would... That's the move, eh? <laughs> well, it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, Not no. so much anymore. But. Yeah. I mean, between... Like, I would never go the first day or the first week, but within yeah. three to four weeks to two months, three months, depending on... I mean, yeah. there were some months where everything opened and it was hard to get to everything. And then mm-hmm. people forget that... Not only do you have to go and eat, but you have to think about it and then write about it and then publish photos. And so it's it's kind of two jobs. Are you the the type of food writer that's writing notes at the table or you're just you're logging it all in your mind just so that you're not putting extra pressure on the staff or something like that? Um, Especially when a spot is, like you said, you know, three, four weeks old. They're they're still very self-conscious and new and trying to get their feet under them. Well, I mean, we don't have restaurant critics anymore in Toronto, so yeah. this was, you know, a before time. Yeah. Um, I started out um, with, like, a fantastic memory, and I would, you know, if I had to take a note or something, um, I would do it on my phone mm-hmm. surreptitiously. But I don't look or sound like someone who knows about food, so I was under the radar for a lot of years. Everyone was looking nice. for older white males. and Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Chris, I, the Chris Nell Smiths of, of the city. <laughs> yes. yeah. So I was able to just, you know, people just thought, oh, I, she's a regular diner. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, as time went on and menus became more involved and, uh, it, I, I started taking more notes just because mm. as time goes on, it's, it's also important not to compare to the time before, but also keep present what's going on because mm. things especially now i mean if i were to do it now things are changing so quickly and were back then yeah mm-hmm. you'd have to look at it under the lens of the the current situation rather than yeah and you couldn't yeah. go off menus because you know i ingredients would be changing or yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah you said that there's no more uh food critics in toronto what do you mean by that what, what changed uh th- there aren't any there's no one i mean there was mark pupo at Toronto Life, I don't believe that he's doing it anymore. Joanna Cates for Post City, she's not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Amy Pataki, 
at the star she's not doing it anymore yeah. there's it's none all, to all my gone, knowledge gone yeah. way of instagram i think no yeah more. i i think or blog posts or things like that it's just like i feel like they're doing their own specific thing less so attached to the 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 specific newspaper yes and a personality there's mm. you know there's not kind of a yeah a person behind it i mean i'm sure there are people doing reviews for all of these places mm. but not necessarily specifically under yeah under that one is thing. this is is that why you went to the like um you know you have a few series on uh, toronto toronto dot restaurants um or like the the at the past series or the open close series is that you're doing is this is that what kind of pushed you towards that you're like okay i'm not writing for a specific publication anymore so let's let's highlight certain elements of the process that i that you enjoyed rather uh, well, when I was a restaurant critic, I was also doing um, other pieces. I wasn't okay. just doing that. And I I was doing a lot of celebrity profiles at the time and lifestyle oh. pieces and just kind of everything. And so over the past 15 years, it's been solely on food, basically, mm. with an occasional thing here and there. Um, and Open Closed has been going for nearly a decade. Mm -hmm. um, so these things weren't just out of um, need because there was an opening from uh, restaurant criticism. It was more, there's so much to talk about in Toronto. And mm -hmm. so as the years have gone on, the open closed, uh, I just found it, it became so important. I mean, even seven years ago, I had, let's say, 10 places a, a week, which is a lot for, oh, yeah. for, Hell yeah. yeah, for anywhere. Yeah. And now I'm averaging 20, 25, wow. and I think it's, it's going to go up. Yeah. I oh. actually have more than that every week, but I don't have enough time <laughs> yeah. to get them all up because of Instagram pop-ups, yeah. all of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so it's really exploded. So in April, for example, I wrote about over 110 new places. Wow. Oh, Jesus. So that's Holy more shit. than any... we got to get our shit together, man. Why are we, we're not <laughs> yeah. on the up and up. <laughs> that, that's more than any other outlet, I believe, is, yeah. is covering. So... Yeah. Um, you know, if I can't keep up and I'm doing it 24-7, how is the average person supposed to? So I believe yeah. it's kind of my duty to inform everyone and say, hey, this is what's going on. And hey, do you know about this? And this, this, yeah. it's yeah. especially now, too, that we're all at home. Um, you know, I used to actually pound the pavement and be out and about and checking out places. And yeah. I would go and check if a place was closed and confirm and if I couldn't get someone on the phone. And now... It's so hard because we're all at home. So that mm. that need and that um, duty, I feel, is even more important now. I feel like I've got to tell you guys about what's going on because mm. you're all at home. Yeah. Yeah. Or or just worried about getting our own little slice of the takeout pie. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too yeah. is that the whole landscape has completely changed. So. You know, before, yes, pe a lot of people were doing takeout, but they weren't relying on it. And now everybody is solely relying on takeout There's and delivery. Mm -hmm. um, so the competition, you know, to, to just the older establishments, the new guys like, mm -hmm. like you, um, it's an it's uneven playing field. Mm -hmm. um, and also, so, th there's just so much, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So to try and 
digest all of that information and get it to people. It was kind of the only way I could think to do it in a in a format that that people would one mm. enjoy and two be able to digest in a in a small amount. Yeah, this is so refreshing. This is the first conversation I've had since the pandemic started, where the the narrative is there's so much going on. Everybody I talked to is like, oh, yeah, this place closed. Yep, that's not happening anymore. Yeah, these guys are out of business. My friend got fired. Nothing's going on. And here you are telling us, and you, you do it every week, but it's it's crazy to hear it in words. You know, there is so much happening. You, a hundred restaurants in, in April. O- over a hundred. Over a hundred. And, and that's, that's just... Nuts. That's just... Just the ones you could find. Well, ones that I actually published. That's yeah. not right. everything the ones that, that made I found. The cut. Yeah. And, and also, like, I'm a one-person outlet. I'm not yeah. a, a big, you know, I don't have a team of people. I don't have salespeople coming in and saying, okay, we have these 15 new places for you to write about. It's just me, you mm-hmm. know, trying yeah. to, to find places. Um, but, yes, I mean, there's there's so much devastation that's happened in the industry and a lot of places have closed and you know families have lost their businesses and but i'm trying to focus on the positive and 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 there's a lot there and there's so much stuff that's so exciting um people who perhaps um like you were talking with um joe and miles from crosley's Mm -hmm. and they were saying that you know maybe they wouldn't have been able to do this had this not happened and i think that's true for a lot of the places especially the instagram businesses yeah oh Um, yeah Yeah. you know people were able to fulfill their dreams and leave their jobs and start making pasta from home Mm -hmm. yeah um and the stories behind it like i wrote about an electrician who was fascinated by pizza and so he taught himself and he's making it in his backyard and then there's um you know a, a bartender who turned to be she became a barber for full time and now she's doing weekly pickup dinners like it's you know it's these these amazing i've got an ecuadorian family who are making ecuadorian style ceviche that they deliver to your door Wow, yeah. that's wow, a good wow, shot. Wow. Yes, yeah, so like that's, there's that's all one of the best South American ceviches you're gonna have. Yes, outside yes. of Chilean, because and it's served with plantain <laughs> chips and popcorn. And I, I think, oh my God, if someone knew about this, yeah. they would absolutely get it. And so, you know, that's my goal every week is just to tell you, mm. tell everyone, everything I possibly can find in that's the time incredible. that I have. That is that that is an incredible like. I I've even I find myself you know someone asks me you know how's it going I'm like well slow at the diner and it's kind of blah you yeah. know it is what it is but the, to see the amount of like you can hear it in your voice you're like no like the world needs positivity right now and it needs oh my God. the world needs to be happy and you know as much as I try and emote that on my day to day that was that it's making my heart smile how much how much you're uh, you're putting out into the world there that's amazing. Well, I mean, I I, I mean, do there's, there's try no to, question there. It was more of just a statement. But. Yeah, right. I, I do try <laughs> to be as you know honest as I can about what's happening, and yeah. but I do try to you know focus on. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I spent the first um, you know six months trying to figure out ways to help, and and I was writing about mm-hmm. all of the closings and openings and shutdowns and right. all of that, which you know is not happy news, but. I'm I'm really excited and um, empowered by right. everything that that's going on and and the you know I I heard you say you don't want to say pivot anymore but people are transforming 
themselves into these fantastic little niche businesses that yeah. will mm -hmm. definitely go on once doors reopen. Yeah. And also, I think there's a new appreciation for that I don't think will go away too soon for the brick and mortar places. I was just going to say, like, people are like, no, I want these spots in my neighborhood. Yeah. I and have to go support them. Yes. And I think even like on a personal level, if you've lost someone or you've seen someone get sick or anything, you think, you know, now is the time you've got to say things, you've got to do things. And I, I think that's kind of the swell that that's the uprising that's come out of this is that we we have to stand by and support these mm -hmm. brick and mortar places as well yeah. it's not just about the instagram places that yeah. are home businesses yeah john it's not just about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry no that is i mean i mean i live uh i live in leslieville i think it like like we said you're in east Ender as well it's like the amount of spots that i've seen closed down literally just two blocks away from my house or the diner they're yeah pretty close regardless but um it's like now there's just there's just this like conglomerate of of weed shops along queen east <laughs> that's, and that's like, exactly what happened why do Toronto. we why do we need this we turned don't into weed shops it's kind of ridiculous there's like six in a two block radius same here in queen west it's um crazy. but like do you think if hmm, what do you see for the future yeah, that's, that's in, in, in kind Toronto. Of what like. <laughs> yeah, what you know, the situation we're in now is a very interesting. There's so many things changing, um, but hopefully it is something that's temporary, and we do you know, one day, hopefully have the ability to go and eat indoors at restaurants and sort of return to uh, uh, something that resembled our situation a couple years ago. Uh, what do you? Do you have any predictions? What are your What are your bets for, for Toronto? The inside scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. Well, I'm I'm kind of a private investigator of restaurants, yeah, yeah. but I'm not um, a fortune teller. Well. Um, you know, you were talking uh, to Joe and Miles about you know God that when the doors finally open and mm -hmm. we can have people in and this is why yeah. we put the chairs where we put them. I I think. I think you cannot give up hope on all of that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, your seating plans and your your uh, front front staff, front of house staff, all of those things. I th I think we just have to hang in there. And I know that's easy for me to say just sitting here. I don't I don't have a restaurant and, and bills and things, but I can't think of any other any other possibilities. Mm -hmm. It's just we have to support our restaurants and, and just hope that they can hang on until we can open the doors. But I do think that a lot of um, the transformations that have happened will continue well on after the doors have opened. And I think a lot of Instagram, home businesses, virtual kitchens, ghost kitchens, all of those terms, yeah. um, shop restaurants, that they will also continue because of all of the trends that have happened with yeah. online shopping and and still having to be at home and have masks and a lot of those habits will continue but i i truly believe after having spent you know so many days and nights sitting in restaurants and and just absorbing that magical yeah. feel yeah, that no, nobody, nobody's kicking that to the curb anytime soon. No, and you can't repl uh, replicate that. You can't, uh, you know, I know you guys are doing L everything you Lord can. Lord knows we tried. Even even when we got Crosley's, uh, like, dinner 
and we tried to play it nicely and like post yeah. about it and stuff like that, it was still like it's, it's not the same. Not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> and we know how to play things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you need the din. You need the interaction with the servers. Yeah. You need the bartender. I, I, I do not want to be my own bartender. Like I have a full bar at home. I have all of the ingredients, but I just want to sit at a bar and have someone who knows mm-hmm. what they're doing make yeah. it and have have yeah. that interaction and have mm-hmm. the din behind me yeah. and get a snack and that whole thing cannot be replicated no. at home. And the social environment too, you know, that you're you're in a uh, a room filled with other people who have decided to come to that same room, whether it's a restaurant or a bar. You're you're part of a community for for that for that hour, that two hours that you're there, and and yeah, that's something, even outside of the food scene that we've all lost in in the pandemic is that that sense of community, interacting with people who, you know, through business or through uh, through eating that, yeah. I wonder I wonder if like these ghost kitchens or like stuff that you're doing with bentos, things like that, if 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 Toronto moves more towards, like, I know we kind of had a food truck push, like, yeah. a few years ago, but there's not enough um, legislation enacted to make it easy to, like, yeah. operate a food truck yeah. within the downtown core. And then, you know, they get pushed out to the GTA and Hamilton and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that if that shifts. Like, I mean... It's interesting, yeah, because in this whole thing, obviously, I've food trucks kind of had the perfect setup, right? They're mobile, they're already takeout exclusive... Um, and generally it's pretty safe for a food truck to operate in terms of COVID safety, right? You know, it's fresh takeout. Sure, freezes. Yeah, you're, it's only one or two people working inside. You can put out a lot of food through a small window. It's kind of surprising that we haven't had a big food truck uh, explosion. There we, have been a bunch of um, food truck pop-ups, mm-hmm. um, but they, the... It became a whole thing with your car, and you had to stay in the car, and and oh, so it was car to car. Uh, it was like from the food truck. Yes, I Whoa. mean there were a few that happened where you could go, but then it was the whole lineup situation. Right, right, right. I think it's the same mm. thing with farmers markets. They're trying to figure out a way yeah. to to have the spacing, and it's really the lineups. Um, I was talking yeah. to a restaurant owner who just opened a few weeks ago, and she was telling me that it took her a long time just to figure out the how to do the lineup in front of the restaurant so that it didn't mm. impact the other places so that yeah. people were safe so there's a bunch of things now that people have to um, take into consideration and that's another thing with the Instagram businesses or home-based or all of those things is that um, there's a whole new level of I guess safety that has to be taken into account because, yeah. you know, restaurants, they have um, food handler certificates, P- owners have to get police checks. Like there's a bunch of things that if you have a brick and mortar place, um, it's Offer all- some sort of safety to the customer. And- yes. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, not a guarantee, but it's, it's part of, of a safety net. Of yeah. the setup. There's a bit of a checklist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And with all of the burgeoning businesses coming up, um, that's something that I've been trying to be very careful with with the open closed is that I do a lot of interviewing and make sure that either they have a food handler certificate or mm. that there are like yeah, some some sort of yes because check system. you know not to say that someone who you know someone has to be a chef in order to 
bake cookies and sell them out of their home. Um, but just because I'm, you know, specifically restaurant focused and, and that's, you know, I'm kind of putting you in the same category. I think those types of things will have to, there's going to have to be some sort of legislation and there, there are some things in place right now. Um, but you know, it's just kind of, everyone's just kind of come onto the scene at once and so it's kind of a mad scramble but yeah. I think that's one of the things that will have to change months months out of this yeah 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 Jeez. the amount of positivity anyways um, <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like there's so much I'm, I'm very excited for for the summer I think specifically because because like you're saying it's just like there's so much everyone's giving it a go everyone's like you know what, I've got an idea, I've got a passion, I've got a, yeah. a this, I want to push forward. Like, is there, um, I mean, it's a little early for the shout-out section, but, I mean, I imagine you have a list that just, like, yeah. a sheer mind-numbing list. Job. You're a, a shout-out machine. Well, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of the open-closed, and then yeah. Yeah. throughout the week, you know, the at the pass where I'm interviewing mm-hmm. chefs, well, you've, you've interviewed a good friend of ours, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Matt Parker, Max Taylor. Yes, and well, Matt you guys are, are next up on the list. And But, I mean, there are so many people that are doing incredible things, whether it's brick and mortar or home-based or pop-ups. And then there's also all the collabs that are happening. Like, yeah. um, you just did a thing with yeah, Sarah yeah, yeah. Restaurant. Um, so there's lots of kind of comings together of the community mm-hmm. and supporting one another and things on Instagram that I'm seeing where uh, restaurants are, are swapping meals with staff meals with one another and yeah. posting it or saying, hey, uh, we, we're doing a Mother's Day gift box and we're partnering with these seven places in mm-hmm. our neighborhood. I mean, there's just so much of that going on. Which there, is might, there might be, I cannot confirm nor deny, that there might be a, uh, a, a beast white lily mashup once they're oh done their God. construction nice oh nice nice God. nice Shh, don't tell anybody <laughs> don't tell the internet um that's awesome. it's okay my chef, well, does, my chef doesn't listen to this so <laughs> you can't it, get upset with if me if it happens you'll read about it on the open closed yeah Heck yeah awesome awesome um when, so sorry go go when you started uh writing about food independently from newspapers and other media sources was there a different direction you took like, how do you feel like your voice as Toronto restaurants uh, is different from that of uh, when you were writing for uh, newspapers? Um, that's a good question. I think it's mostly just this insane passion for everything that you guys are doing and how do I best... Um, get all of that information out to people and so when I was working for newspapers and I mean I've written thousands and thousands of of like actual print things yeah and you know you're limited by by word count by um, due date by what the editor will let you do and so being a one-person outlet I can do whatever I want so it really is what, what am I passionate about and what do I think other people are passionate about? And really, it's the things that I'm doing, um, the open close the at the pass. Um, I, I'm doing food and drink neighborhood guides to kind of help people f- 
figure out what's in their neighborhood mm -hmm. now, what's open, yes. um, and to support local um, just in initiatives to help people do takeout and delivery. Um, I'm seeing a lot of places try and come up with things to help people, but you know, they're one small person over here and they're one small. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to basically be a funnel and take all of that information and then, then give it to people. So I want to inform people, but I, and educate them, but I also want to entertain them. I don't want it to be dry or anything like that so i i think a lot of it is um just my my passion and my knowledge from all these years of of writing and eating in restaurants and then my just my voice yeah 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 and it really comes through when uh, you, you have such a unique perspective on it you know we were like i was saying before it's not it's not the uh trendiest gluten-free donut spot in the city which you know every blog is written about a hundred times it's it's more interesting stuff it's it's niche stuff it's pop-ups it's people you know like you're telling us the uh, the ecuadorian ceviche door drop it's uh, yeah how accessible is that place by the way yeah <laughs> i'm like where are they i'll bike just about anywhere in the city so. Uh, they deliver, <laughs> this is like a, a shout out, I guess. Yeah. Um, I believe that they're delivering to uh, Toronto and parts of the GTA. Um, mm. It's it's in the open close from two weeks ago. Okay, we'll check it out. Okay. Um, yeah. But also I can I can give you the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you should do that. But yeah, I mean, that's what the whole open closed is, is just information like that. Mm -hmm. Um but you were saying about, you know, my voice and, and things like that. Yeah. I, I really, I know that the public loves top 10 lists and celebrity chefs and all of that, but yeah. I kind of feel like we've been there, done that. And there are a bunch of places that do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so unless yeah. there's some certain reason to be doing a best of list, I, I, I'm kind of done. I just, yeah. I, I yeah. think there are better ways to get the information out like mm -hmm. the open closed or like a feature or yeah um talking to a bunch of chefs about a certain yeah. cuisine mm -hmm. or dish um i have a, a feature called the dish where i if a an ingredient is trending let's say it's oysters then i do a big long kind of deep dive into like why and who's doing them and and what's different mm -hmm. um which is something that's also been coming through the pandemic the the rise of sourdough and croissants and yeah and subs and shortages oh throughout my, the, the, the amount America. of niche stuff I, I could write a book just on yeah, you know yeah. 300 chapters on a single ingredient wow um so yeah there's there's a bunch of things like that but um really i think best of lists are they're just i i don't think people I think people have their own, and I I think mm -hmm. that un unless you're talking about like the ten best new something, you know, that attracts a lot of people the the headline. But I don't think that there's really much to it. I would, yeah. I kind of see Toronto restaurants more as like something that you think about and 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 uh, impacts you, yeah. as opposed to just fleeting headlines or yeah. or something that is salacious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of the other stuff I read, a lot of, um, I don't read a lot of um, food review, uh, restaurant reviews or uh, like food blogs because so much of it seems just so, it just oozes with um, opinion. 
Well, no, it's not, it's not necessarily it's just not people's the opinions I care about. It's it's about selling. It's it's so it's so much an advertisement when when I read it. Uh, uh, Blog to or Toronto Life. It just it comes across so. Uh, it, it feels insincere because it feels like it's a sales pitch whenever I read it, and that's something that is very very different from uh, from your website and, and your Instagram. It doesn't. Uh, it's rare to find somebody talking about restaurants and food scenes and people you know the stuff people are doing without it feeling like a sales pitch i think the difference is that one um i'm a reporter journalist not a blogger yeah it's a website not a blog it's a news site like you know there is my opinion throughout and other people's opinions but i do opinion's keep it fine. Yeah. yeah i i do keep it as you know newsy as possible while still trying to entertain mm-hmm. but i do think um uh, the one thing too that kind of differentiates me is that I'm very transparent. Um, I'm on the side of the restaurants, like I'm an advocate for you yeah. guys, um, but I'm also a consumer. And so it's it's not about like I love this place so much because it's the top ten. It's yeah. you yeah. know here's a place you should check out because they're doing something very different, like yeah. these bento boxes that you can't get anywhere else. Mm. Um, and also. You know, I don't know how many people know about the end of the aisles at like Indigo or grocery stores where you have to pay to be on the end of the aisles. A, a lot of people just assume that that's, you know, a, a regular so spot. Um, so that's like a, a hidden kind of advertorial. And a lot of the publications now have paid things that they're not transparent about. Mm. And so they're advertorials or whatever yeah. you want to call them. Um, and so that comes across like there's a bit more transparency with like sponsored articles and ads and things like that but i i still see a lot of that kind of salesy stuff and i have none of that if if there's an ad i'm transparent about it and i think that's really important especially now um yeah just for for my sake and and for the readers like just here's here's an ad if you if you want to buy it great if you don't great but everything else is just just information yeah super cool that's amazing um why don't we uh why don't we go into because i imagine there's um or at least my hope is that uh, your 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 list of shout outs will will dwarf anything we've ever done so oh, <laughs> that's a very hard it's you know what 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 are some some restaurants what are you most excited about this week oh yeah my God. Let's, let's just say this week this is a very hard question because people always want to know oh my god what's your favorite restaurant right now and i i feel like i'm not not favorite no, just one you're excited is, about. is that like the no, what's your favorite <laughs> but it's cook? kind of the <laughs> Kind of, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. It's it's so hard. I feel like I'm letting down people that I don't mention, and you know I want to give everyone a shout out. Yeah. Okay. So this this week's shout out is go to Toronto Restaurants. Yeah. Co. Uh, is that? TorontoRestaurants.co for dot co. In, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and and. And harvest your own shoutouts. Yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> the, whole, the whole account. I was going to say, well, the the whole the, the open close series, the, everything like we've had. Yeah. Uh, you I know. feel like Toronto restaurants is a shoutout, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To yeah. The city. it's one massive shoutout for the city, and I think that's why we, 
uh, I mean, you know, obviously we've, uh, we've gassed you up more than enough, but it's, um, I think that's why you and I gravitate towards your page so much is because it is essentially what we're trying, I mean, as much as we're just trying to be silly goofballs sometimes and talk yeah. about something that's maybe a little more philosophical or something that has nothing to do with food, there's always that element that we love this city, we love our industry, yeah. and as frustrating and as it is, support it. it's it's like our our way of almost being being like you and like your page, um, where it's just like okay, we want people to love this city. Yeah, um, there's a lot to love. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's when whenever someone's like, "Wow, what a Toronto food's lame," I'm like, "You don't know, you don't know where to go." Then it's yeah. never been better. Like, I, and I can say that as a former restaurant critic, there mm. were a lot of years where I thought, "Oh God, Toronto, you have got to step step it up." Really? Oh yeah, there were there were some rough where, years. Where 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 did you? I mean, I imagine those places don't exist anymore. Where where were they? Well, what were the years? <laughs> it, it was just like Let's this, this scene overall where it was like oh this is mm. you know we're doing Neapolitan pizza for nine months and nothing else was happening or yeah. and now it's um, I'm, I'm seeing like this explosion of you know we were talking about the Ecuadorian ceviche yeah. there's Colombian and Bolivian food mm. and all of these cultures and cuisines that we haven't had much access to in the downtown I mean if you go to Scarborough or sure or other places and so a lot of those places are coming here or being delivered you know we're getting access to them um and niche um places you know it used to be hey we're going to order chinese food mm -hmm. and now it's well try this region of china of china or try this mm -hmm. region of of korea and so we're getting to know about the world through these dishes and through these places yeah. mm -hmm. and so it's never been a better time in toronto like thanks thanks to all of you guys it's it's exploding and and it's it's never been a more delicious time like i, I <laughs> yeah. haven't had a bad meal and i don't know when so wow really? yeah okay okay it's very inspiring okay so yeah. keep it going, guys. I'm yeah. just I'm I'm super excited for I mean R.I.P. Montgomery's, but I am looking forward to whatever guy does next. Yeah, because yeah, you know you know it's gonna be, like he's, he was ahead of his time. Yeah, as far as like the the niche element goes, it's like Montgomery's was just like, there's that was like Ursa back in the day. Ursa yeah. was Ursa was ahead of its time. Montgomery's is ahead of its time. Give it five more years, and there's gonna be. 10 spots like Montgomery's. I respect what those chefs are doing because they're, you know, they're, they're on the frontier of something in Toronto and because they're doing that, they often end up uh, failing. Although I wouldn't call it really failing because what they're doing is they're moving the, the culture, the, the, the food scene forward. So they, they succeed in doing that, but it's, it's hard to run a business for them. Yeah. And it's it's always been hard. In, well, they're, in, they're exposing They're exposing at least... Yeah. a small amount of people to, hey, this can be food. This yeah. can be something that you're like, wow, it's literally just a piece of fish and like, and and what was it? It was like a little preserve on the side. Like the mackerel was just, it was... From Montgomery's? Yeah. I oh haven't my got a chance to go. God, it was beautiful. It's the most beautiful cooked mackerel I've ever had. And they weren't using any sugar had. or any uh, refined sugar. They, they had a whole bunch of... Nothing you couldn't get in Ontario. Yeah, yeah. No nuts. citrus, no nothing. But, um, like, is there... Hmm. I mean, obviously, there's there's always there's always a super positive element to to what we do or what we try to do, uh, yourself included, with writing about these places. Yeah, and I think you more so than us. 
for sure. But um, like 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 we've seen, um, like we've seen from the New York Times article that just came out about Will is in. Like, there's still. Do you still hear about those kind of dark, darker sides to restaurants, or are you, or, is, I mean, we know you're typically just all about the food and, and that jazz. But do you hear about those stories? Yeah. Well, floating I, around the industry, or or. Like, have you ever had to, report on them? Um. Yes and no. Um, okay. I mean, it's been a part of the restaurant culture anywhere. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, like it's it's just it's getting better, obviously, through mm-hmm. all of these things. Um, but it's it's been a, a facet of it for as long as I've been doing it, and before then, and it, mm. it's continuing on. But because of these types of stories coming out and people coming forward, um, it's getting better. And I've never, I was thinking about it this morning. I've never seen so many sober chefs and sober yeah. bartenders. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking yeah. back to doing uh, restaurant reviews, and mm. there was maybe one, one, if, one, if one sober person, um, you know, that like that spoke about it yeah. at that time. And so that whole part of it has yeah. has really changed. Not mm. to say that it shouldn't change and continue to change, but. Even from five years ago, it's mm. it's really changed. Yeah. And journalism has had a really big part to play in in that um, that change. You know, people coming forward and talking about problems in the industry, and people making a point of running their businesses more ethically. Uh, journalism's been been kind of the the means that the the we the consumers find out about these things because in the restaurant industry, it is so hidden you don't you don't see a lot of the problems you don't see a lot of the uh either hidden or stuff doesn't perpetuated. come to yeah 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 i mean i've, I've worked in well you and i see it because we're living in it but yeah uh you know yeah for for the average person it doesn't it's so well hidden it's, I think it's really it, thanks to journalism that it's i think it took a lot of years to educate the public because i, I worked in restaurants as well as being on the other side of things and what you see inside um, is so, it's like a family, it's so intimate, you see all of the, the secrets and the comings and goings and relationships, and um, if, you, if you're not a part of that, it's very hard to understand, but I think through the years, journalism has kind of opened that up um, to, to people, and, and now people see, oh, okay, that's how restaurants were, like the mm-hmm. Antony Bourdain uh, kitchen confidential that was kind of yeah the, revolutionary yeah the first time that the whole populace was like oh this is what's going oh, on you guys are and and cool. that's that's what a lot of people in toronto you know that's the kind of kitchens that they were mm-hmm. they were dealing with um so yeah I, th- I think a lot of that has has changed and like the uh delivery uber eats third party uh apps a lot of people didn't realize that how much money they were taking and in the last year i mean i i wrote about it countless times just Mm -hmm. trying to like drill it into people you know hey restaurants are getting gouged if they have to and and still there's a a lot of education i mean people Mm -hmm. are are lazy and and they just want their food and it's just easy and convenience um, is king and uh, i think that's something we're going to really feel far beyond this uh pandemic is 
this reliance on, on convenience now and delivery being the really what I'm talking about, you know, it's going to be hard for restaurants to, I think people are going to still demand, as much as we want restaurants to open back up, now people are still going to demand more takeout than 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 ever that's, that's my, my that's, take that's on the it. beauty that's the beauty of the diner yeah you guys are we're not on that go. stuff yeah it's like no you can you can order online but we're yeah. no you you come and get it we still want you to touch base here yeah, yeah. and see yeah. there's there's so many facets to that so there's the um okay we've got to tell people about why you don't use these apps or mm-hmm. if you're going to use them these are the ones to use I did a whole article about the rise of the phone call because when this first happened and people weren't on the apps and they didn't have um, websites with ordering and stuff, you had to call them. Yeah. And, you know, with the recent um, uh, telecommunication shutdown on, on that one day, everything was down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you kind of rely on these, these old, old habits of like, okay, well, just phone them and find out, you know, do I do something through the third party? Do you want yeah. me to come and pick it up? And people are just so happy to talk to you, mm-hmm. um, you know, to talk to the customer. And so I think there's a lot of the older habits like that that, that have kind of come into the picture that may hang on in mm-hmm. addition to takeout. But then there's this whole thing with, with takeout um, and, and picking up. There's the reheating yeah um which is a you know a, a thing you used to just be able to like get delivery and take out and, and just have it in front of you and and now there's like this added element and i i know places are um considering that into what they're preparing so that they're allowing those five or ten minutes of reheating or half an hour or whatever it is mm-hmm. into the product yes yeah. so you guys have an extra challenge to right. not undercook your food, but prepare it in a way so that when we're reheating it at home, and then the whole transport thing of you yeah. know containers and how to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. In in the restaurants I've worked in, when the odd time when we would do takeout, it was always kind of considered um, the customer's problem. Like, okay, well they don't want to eat it here, they can take it out. We'll put it in a container for you, but yeah, it's not going to be the same. Just deal with it. Like you should be so lucky that we're even putting it in, in a container for you. If it's not the way that it should be, well, you should have come here and eaten it anyways. Whereas now, you take out the only thing, so the chefs are forced to think, okay, well, we're going to put it in a container, and it's not going to be the same as it was before. Why are we doing that? How? Why are we sending out stuff that is not the way it should be or, or as good as it could be? Um, yeah, it's just a totally different mentality that I think a lot of people have because nobody used to care about takeout or a lot of people didn't care about takeout I mean uh, do you before. think do you think that's why like people have gravitated towards stuff like you're doing like the bentos it's like it's not it doesn't have to be this super hot thing or yeah. cold it's just I spent it's, it's room temp it's it's yes yeah. and, and that's how it's supposed to be like do you yeah. do you see anybody else like is is there is there some pushback on that where it's where it becomes like, no, I want it to be hot and I want it now. It's like I I feel like most people are relatively understanding. Yeah, and I think they have to be. I think it's interesting how chefs have had to uh, swivel, <laughs> not pivot, not pivot. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> I know. Um, ha- just had to rethink their menus and. I've seen a bunch of restaurants, some of which have closed, 
because not because they they couldn't sustain their actual menu but because of the pandemic but how their menus evolved through those first months and and how they are now if they're still open mm. and how that changes the concept and the personality of the restaurant yeah. mm-hmm. So you're no longer, you know, especially fine dining. Like, how do you replicate that? Into it's the hardest thing because so much of it is not the food itself per se. Right. It's and so I find it just so fascinating how people have rethought their yeah. menus and still trying to keep the heart and soul of what they're doing and their personality and all of that into something that they can bring home. I think that the real challenge is, you know, we... A, a lot of things still have to be reheated, mm. um, which I think has kind of swung the pendulum more towards people just getting frozen or cold things where you're just reheating it from um, colder mm-hmm. or frozen as opposed to just warm bringing I think home. that's where, like, like every time I see Dandelion's post of their menu for that week, I'm just like, man, that's like, like, Jay, I mean, I've... I've met Jay a handful of times. He still intimidates the hell out of me whenever I'm in a room with him. But um, it's unlikely he'll hear this, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> but he, um, the, the the menu is always just so bloody thoughtful. Like it's, you know, I think I saw like a, a short rib on there one week. So it's like if you heat it up a little too much, it's okay. It's already it's been braised. Rib. It's yeah. a short rib. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. And the dessert is already there. The The salad is already... Like, it's, it's always incredibly thoughtful. I think through the pandemic, menus have had to become more thoughtful mm-hmm. for takeaway and uh, yeah. delivery just because of how, how we're all getting it and how limited we are in being able to go out and being able to eat in not indoors and if you can outdoors which even today it's it's pretty cool it, you couldn't have something piping hot you know i feel like people are also pretty empathetic about that too they're like look i get that you guys don't want to do it like this yeah. but i really appreciate you putting something out so yeah. that i can enjoy a tasty right, meal right, right. or or lunch or, or or a snack or something yes yeah. um, what i'm seeing are people putting so much heart Mm-hmm. into these you know they're not huge extensive menus for for the most part but the the small menu the focus menu that they have it's just like pure love coming mm-hmm. through yeah and they just they just want you to to buy it and eat it and enjoy it and you know hopefully come back yeah and yeah. i'm just seeing that yeah please come yeah, back please yeah. come back <laughs> over, over and over and yeah. you know the messages on the takeout bags or the containers mm-hmm. um everyone's i i feel going the extra distance and I, I do think that the customer diners are you know appreciative of that i think so for sure i've seen a huge change in in restaurant customers over the past couple of years uh the amount of i can't think of one time in the past two years that i've seen somebody come in uh overly demanding entitled uh, you haven't eaten out enough. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't <laughs> so eaten. We we even had people like that at the diner. It's like it's it's fucking breakfast, man. Like I don't know, sit down and eat it. <laughs> Maybe it's just because my my last you know North American uh, work experience was New York City, where it's like yeah. that you know the epicenter of those people. But um, yeah, I do think that people are are very understanding and they are grateful to be able to still go get takeout food at restaurants and and um, 
Well, and I think at this point in the pandemic, I am so sick of my home cooking. I, I want, <laughs> really? I, I just, I mean, I'm a, I made, I'm I made a, a little veggie stir fry. I'll say that I was pretty proud of. <laughs> yeah, you're up. Yeah. Anyways, I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. But I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've picked up a fair number of skills throughout the years being around restaurants as much as you but have. I, but you're I, just I, I eating just, it yourself. Yeah. I just, I want something from yeah. someone else who, who knows what they're doing and, and those extra different flavors that you know yeah. I, I can't do yeah so I I just think about takeout and delivery all the time mm. um, last night I made chicken and I thought oh not chicken again but then I was thinking about Bernhardt's chicken and I was oh, like oh, 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 oh. I, no I, I want chicken. that I want There's that chicken that chicken, chicken. <laughs> is place that I believe chicken because I, oh. I don't yeah, like, I never ordered chicken in a restaurant like why for you years. order chicken chicken that's what Except you get in the airplane <laughs> but but from Bernhardt's, yeah, yeah, it's super good. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, maybe that's what I had for dinner. <laughs> Shit, I was yeah, trying, I was definitely. trying to figure it out. Um, we're we're sitting at close to an hour here. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 don't no, be no. sorry. This is, this we, is exactly. We don't want to take up any of your time uh, or any excess of your time. Like you said, you're an incredibly busy yeah, woman. Um, we really appreciate. Obviously, this I think this whole episode's kind of just been a shout out of restaurants across the city. So yeah, uh, no shout out section this week. <laughs> it's just to all of Toronto. Go to Toronto.restaurants.co. TorontoRestaurants.co. TorontoRestaurants.co. My bad. Um, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming in and sitting down with us. Tomas and John, thank you. I'm a big fan. First time caller. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> First time caller. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love you. We appreciate you. Love you, John, and uh, to everybody who's listening. uh, Yeah, we love you. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, if you have any comments or concerns, please hit us up at MeatballThoughts on Instagram or email MeatballThoughts at gmail.com. We love you and appreciate your support. Bye for now.